Hello, and welcome to the Writer's Tribe Talk Show. I'm your host, Elsa Kurt, and today I have a special guest. He is author John Shire, and he has written a book called Stumbling into Adulthood, and it is Linked Stories. So I'm really excited to hear all about that. How are you, John? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. So uh, in my little bit of of research and learning about you, uh, this is not your first book. It's not your only book. You are actually a multi-genre author. So let's let's kind of start there for a minute. uh, Tell me about where you started in your your writing journey. What was your first book? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, (laughs) My first book probably goes back to about 1986, uh, I was in graduate school and I was publishing little tiny books of poetry, little chapbooks that were staple bound on the edges and filled with really terrible poetry uh, written by uh, a well-meaning young man who was just trying to figure things out. So that's sort of where I got my start and, and things developed a lot since then. Yeah, definitely. You moved on to, uh, you've written children's books. You got some memoir work in there. Tell me a little bit about the children's books. Well, I I write children's books with my dog, Libby. And uh, I'm not an illustrator by any means, but I do a lot of photography. And uh, you could throw the camera up in the air and it would come down with 10 really good pictures of my dog, Libby. She's a, a little border terrier. And we started with a book uh, when she was one year old uh, called Libby Speaks, The Wit and Wisdom of the World's Wisest Dog. And it was just fun little aphorisms connected with uh, with pictures of her. And we continued with that and had a lot of fun. I've done an alphabet book called The Alpha Dog Alphabet, uh, a counting book called Timbuk10, um, a book called I Like Sticks about her love of chewing on sticks. Uh, and another one that's just winter pictures of her uh, uh, called Winter Treat. Uh, and that's connected with a, a fun little story that I wrote about giving her a treat in the middle of winter. Uh, and I'm an a- amateur photographer, but uh, I feel like uh, I, I connect with kids and adults through these uh, these books with Libby. Oh, you just hit on my two, my two favorite things, kids and, and animals. That's it. I, I'm in heaven. So those sound so wonderful. And um, you've even done some photography books as well. You've done books with photography? Yes. Um, well, all these Libby books are, are photography books as well. But I, I did a book called um, What's the Story, which is uh, it's, it's 1,000 ideas uh, and 50 pictures and 1,000 ideas to help people get ideas for writing. So it's a creative writing idea generation book. And it's uh, just black and white photographs that I've taken and paired with each one. There are little story starters, like a first line that you might write a story based on what's in the photo, Uh, little topic generators. Like as you look at this photo, you see this person, what's imagine this person is on his way to a job interview. What's the job interview going to be like? Uh, And there are also little background questions uh, asking about what's going on in the photographs to get people thinking about things. And uh, people have told me the book is an instant cure for writer's block. Uh, they like to use it to get ideas for their own writing. Um, I'm a writing teacher, so I've used it in my creative writing classes. And it's been a lot of fun to see students use those those photographs and the little idea generators. People have literally written entire children's books on their own. They've written entire short stories. 
just based on the the ideas in that book. So that's uh, that's very rewarding to have been a little bit of an inspiration to other writers. Absolutely. That is uh that is so cool actually. And and I've always loved writing prompts like that because it's you you're so right that it it just sparks something. And if if you have been having any creative block or writer block, uh a writing prompt is amazing. And those are perfect. So you get like actually both with that, you get the visual and the the written prompt that gets you started. And uh there's nothing like a, a picture for at least for us, you know, because you know, us writers, you know, we can speak the same language you see something and it just sparks an entire story so what a great idea i love that what's the um what's the name of that one again that's called what's the story the story okay Uh, yeah that's right out there on amazon Uh, anybody can find that one and i just realized i forgot i i had completely forgotten about this I used the book myself to write a story uh, a couple of years ago. I was having writer's block myself, which happens to all of us. And I just looked up, it was a photograph I took of a woman scraping the the writing off of the inside of a window in a restaurant. You know, they had painted the specials on the inside of the window and she was scraping it off. And I wrote a story about uh, the guy she had dumped the night before trying to talk to her as she scraped off the letters and, and she was pretty much scraping their relationship away. Uh, So that made a, a, and that was probably a decade after I had taken the photograph. So uh, I inspired myself. Wow. That's so cool. And what a great story idea. And I love hearing that process from other authors. You know, I've told people, people have asked people, I'm sure they ask you all the time, where did your stories come from? Where'd you get the idea? And it could be from like that. It could be anywhere. It could be the smallest thing. Um, Sometimes it's from a dream. Sometimes it's just from seeing something like that. And it sparks an entire story, an entire book. And uh, it's just a a wild process. I'm always awed by it, to tell you the truth. You know, every time, anytime I've written a book, it's I've been awed that an entire story just basically told itself, you know, and I was just the conduit essentially for, for it to be told. Right. Yeah. Looking back, I feel that way sometimes. While it's happening, often not so much. Sometimes it feels like <laughs> such a struggle. You have a wonderful idea, and then going from that wonderful idea, what 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 do you do? Sometimes it really comes, and it it is it is like that. But sometimes it's such a struggle. And I've had stories that I started and then abandoned, and then came back to seven, eight, ten years later, and and kept working on them, and found the inspiration to take them in a direction that ended up working. And that's just as much inspiring uh, for me as a writer as the ones that that come out really quickly and you feel blessed to be able to get them down. That's so true. And you know what? I, I think not only did you just in, inspire me, I'm sure anybody that's going to watch this who has done the same thing, who's worked on something and labored over it and then just got stuck on it and put it aside and thought, oh, I'll never go back to it. You know, that's I've lost the uh, I've lost the muse for that. Uh, that's a great lesson right there, because I think some people will just scrap the whole project and and get rid of it. And it's, you know, and that's a terrible thing to do. Just set it aside. It might be 10 years, but you you could very well go back to it and find your find your way with it. So that's actually a really great lesson for anybody who's watching. Uh, don't scrap those stories that you're stumped on. Just set them aside and until they call you back again. Right. <laughs> that's so true. And And then there's a classic story of. Stephen King got frustrated writing his first book and threw it in the trash. 
and his wife fished it out of the trash. And that became the book Carrie, which yeah. sort of jump-started his career and, and he became the Stephen King we know now, but he threw away his story. Uh, thank God. Yeah, his thank wife goodness was there for his wife. Right. Yes. 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 That is, uh, I take it. You've read, uh, you've read on writing by Stephen King. That's where I, I oh, yeah. heard the story. The first time. Yeah. Uh, I love his story. I love that book so much. Um, mm. It just kind of like spoke to my soul <laughs> and yeah, so many levels. His, his metaphor of the writer's toolbox you know, because we talk about inspiration a lot. We talk about the inspiring aspects of writing, but so much of it is the craft as well. I end up abandoning projects sometimes because I can't figure out how to craft it into a story. But if you keep, you know, dipping into your writer's toolbox for the, the various strategies we have as writers uh, and keep, you know, just, just like with any kind of work, if you keep working at it, uh, you can eventually get some kind of uh, some kind of control over it and turn it into something that works. Absolutely. That's so true. Yes. Don't give up on it at all. Now, tell me a little bit about stumbling through adulthood. The first thing I have to say about it is I love that cover. So oh, tell, tell me, yeah, the cover <laughs> is so awesome. Tell me a little bit about that cover. How, who came up with the cover idea, the whole works. I need the whole deal. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I tend to do my own cover designs, partly because I do some photography. I, I'm not really a visual artist, but uh, I, I really enjoy doing that. And this is actually two photographs of mine that are overlaid. The background was, you can't really see the detail of it, but there are all these striations through these clouds. There was just a, on the drive to work, there was a beautiful uh, cloudy sky, cloud, a cloud formation I had never seen before. And so I just picked up my phone and was snapping pictures as I drove. And this is a detail from that that became the background. And then the, uh, the character in the middle here, I was at our county fair maybe seven or eight years ago, and they had a troop of acrobats. And this guy is actually about 50 feet in the air atop these two spinning drums. And, and he was literally running atop these drums. And then there was sort of a, a double Ferris wheel type effect. And he would drop down to the lower one. And this is one of the times when he dropped down from the upper wheel to the lower one. And I just sort of Photoshopped that out and put him in here. And he was probably this upright because he knew what he was doing. But I sort of gave him a little bit of a a stumble because it fits in with the title of the book and sort of the theme of the book, uh, short stories about people just trying to live their lives, just uh, everyday people, ordinary people stumbling through adulthood. And, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but when I was a child, I thought adults knew everything. And I thought it was going to be so wonderful to be an adult because I'll know everything and I'll feel like I'm in, in control of things. And we know when we've, we become adults, we begin to wish we were children again sometimes. Uh, but, you know, I love being an adult, but I realize that we're all kind of making it up as we go along, figuring things out, stumbling through life. And it's what you do around those stumbles that make for a good life and also in many ways make for a good story. So uh, all of the short stories in here are about people who they don't some encounter really, really terrible things, but mostly it's just the everyday stumbles that we have through life. 
I love that. That, and you know, it resonates so much with me as, as the mother of two adult children who are, you know, now now adulting. Uh, you know, they've come to me many times during this process. Especially my younger one, who just had her first child, and uh, you know, she comes to me with all the questions of, you know, it, and and the thoughts, you know, and and I'm sure you probably know that. Um, the first thing you realize when you have a baby, a child, is, oh my God. I'm responsible for this little human. I'm, where's the adult? Uh, you know, and then you look in the mirror and you realize, oh, oh my God, I'm the adult. <laughs> and, you know, and, and she's going through that process right now of like, mm. I'm the adultiest adult in the room. This is, you know, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and, you mm. know, so that makes a, such relatable content, I think, because you're, you're so right. We all, uh, put on a really good show, or maybe not all, but a lot of us at least try to put on a good show of adulting. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the truth is we we are all stumbling <laughs> through this and, and most of the time making it up as we go. And I have told my daughter that, you know, my daughter, one of my daughters said, you know, how do you know everything? How do you know all the things? How do you know how to make all the things, how to solve these problems and, and uh, you know, all of that. And, and I, I, confessed i told her i said honey i'm just making it up as i go along i don't really know you know and and what's right right now might be wrong down the road but um you know all you can do is do the best with what you have do you have a um segueing sort of do you have a favorite story in the book um sort of a, a bookend of two stories the the first story in the book uh has two main characters and it's it's a man who's walking to work and a, a middle-aged man, he's walking to work to his job at the bank. And it seems like an ordinary morning. And he passes this alley and he hears something strange down the alley. And he looks down and there's a young woman, probably in her early 20s, sitting on a stoop down this alley. And she's crying. She's sobbing. And he's at a crossroads, literally, as the streets come together. Does he keep walking to work? And just figure this is none of his business? Or does he go and and see if he can offer some kind of help? And he goes to help her. uh, And it turns out he's helping her in some ways at some risk to himself. uh, But he still reaches out to another human being. And then lots of things happen that it's worth reading the story for. And then the very last story in the book, those characters come back sort of. Uh, The young woman, a little bit of time has passed. And she goes through an experience with her mother uh, where she's watching her mother take a risk and do something um, that she wouldn't be expected to do under normal circumstances. And it kind of ties the book together with this opening story uh, with these two characters. And then one of the characters comes back at the end and the other character pops up through several stories as well. Uh, That's why it's called linked stories. Uh, They're linked primarily by characters. the people who are main characters in some stories come back as minor characters, people who you might see as minor characters in an early story, they might be the main characters in a story that comes later. Uh, And so I I was trying to describe this to somebody on a radio show once, and it's kind of hard to describe because there aren't a lot of short story collections like this. It's not quite a novel, but it sort of weaves things together the way a novel would. Uh, but I was describing it and uh, the engineer at the radio show, his, his eyes lit up and he said, oh, it's the Marvel Universe. And I said, 
<laughs> That's true. And I, I've seen maybe two or three of those movies. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I know that, you know, one character might be just sort of helping out with whatever's going on, but then that character is the main character in the next movie. And I said, that's absolutely the best analogy, except instead of uh, extraordinary superheroes, they're ordinary superheroes. They're everyday people. And instead of extraordinary challenges, like the planet is splitting apart or evil alien villains are coming to take over, instead of things like that, it's, making a decision, do I help this person in need or not? Or do I keep going about my everyday life? So that's the charm of it right there, I think. Yeah, I think that's probably the charm of it right there, that it has these relatable uh, dilemmas and situations in it that, you know, we can all picture ourselves in, um, potentially being in or having been in. And yeah, I love the relatability aspect of that. What a great idea to link the stories like that. Now I have, I was part of a um, kind of like an anthology a while, a while back and they had that idea to link the uh-huh. stories. And that was, that was the first time that I had actually heard that done in a book. And I thought, why aren't more people doing this? Because it's such a great idea. It's such a fun way to go through a set of different stories, you know, to get those little nuggets, those little gems of, oh, I know that person. They're from that story. Oh, that's what's, you know, they're okay. Or, you know, you get to see them again, characters you get attached to, and all of a sudden you get to see them again showing up somewhere else. So I love that you've done that because to be honest with you, I haven't seen it since. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but um, I haven't seen it since. So this is actually the first time that I've seen linked stories like that. So very, very. There there are a few short story collections like that, but, uh, and I I always enjoy finding them, but um, uh, for me, it's just, it just reflects life because, uh, well, for instance, today, you know, my, my wife retired from her job a year ago and they were building a new building and we actually were able to go and visit the new building today. And she was seeing people who she hadn't seen in a while uh, and reconnecting with them. And then they were telling her about people they knew in common. And it's like life. Life is a series of linked stories. And so I wanted the book to reflect the way life works like that sometimes. That's so nice. I love that. Um, now tell me, will there will there be like a, a sequel to this? Will this become any kind of series of more books along these lines? Or is this a, a one and done? That's that's a really good question. I think it's going to be sort of a series because uh I'm I'm at a weird point as a writer right now because uh I haven't retired yet. My wife has, but I haven't yet. So uh I teach at a community college. So I'm teaching you know, five classes a semester and chairing our faculty council and doing all sorts of other projects. I feel really, really busy. And the pandemic hasn't made me less busy. Teaching online can be uh, in some ways more demanding than teaching in person. But um, so I've been doing all of this work and still trying to write. And so I've got a lot of lists of story ideas, but I don't have a lot of completed stories or, or even drafts yet. I've been I've been focusing on writing 100 word stories uh, because that's something I can do around my schedule. But when I do get back to, you know, I I think I just need to get that first story going because I have a lot of ideas. That is a choice I'm going to have to make. Do I make the characters in that story in those situations? Do I say, 
oh, wait, that sounds like Jack from his previous book. And that sounds like Valerie. Do I create more from their stories or do I start a whole new sort of web of characters who create their own world for a next book? And I haven't decided that yet. I think I'm leaning toward a whole new set of characters and maybe just have have the dog who runs through the book, have that dog come back in the new book a lot of times. Oh, that's so fun. I love that. That's like, uh, that reminds me vaguely, of course, but it reminds me a little bit of uh, Dean Kuntz, how his his dog, you know, he always oh. has a, a golden in there in his books. And, you know, you get so it's like you can't uh, not see one in there. And if you, if there was, it would be bizarre. But I love that the dog comes yeah. through and it's all of it. That's really neat. Um, I forget. I, I for, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to oh, say, no, I no. forget which, which book it is of his, but he uh, every third or fourth chapter was told from the perspective of a dog. Yes, dog I remember that. Around, and maybe every paragraph ended with the word interesting because he would smell <laughs> something or see something right. or sense something. And it was always interesting. And I thought, well, man, that's exactly how dogs are. I know off the top of my head, I feel like it might've been watchers. Is that, I don't, I don't know. I could probably like yeah. guess at a million. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but that's the first <laughs> name that came to my head. I'm like, I wonder if it's that one after we're done, I'm going to go check. <laughs> but um, so tell me where can everyone find you and your books and your, all of your work? Uh, the best place to find me is to just uh, my name.com J O H N S H E I R E R.com. Uh, and that has links to finding my books on Amazon. Uh, if, if you're not into enormous corporate giants uh, who fund uh, weird space travel things, uh, it also links to uh, independent booksellers where you can find my book, uh, all of my books. And, uh, there, and also there are links to events that I'm doing, videos of me doing readings, things like that, articles about my writing. Yeah, by the way, your website is fantastic. Very clear and concise and easy oh, to navigate. You. So yeah, no, great job on the website. Really is. I'll relay that to my wife because that yeah, was oh, she's her, doing. Yeah, she did a lot of help with the design. She, uh, she did a great sim- job. Simplify yeah. it. <laughs> yes, yes, because I know and I'm I'm guilty as charged as, as overcomplicating things uh, on a website. And, you know, I see those and it's, it's a great lesson to settle down, just (laughs) slow it down, girl, make it a little more, uh, you know, easy to navigate for sure. So great job on that to your wife. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, John, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I'm really excited to read your book. I'm looking forward to it. It is in my to be read list. You can imagine at this point, it is a very, very long list. That's not a complaint. Yes. You know how it is. You know, it is. There's like not enough hours in the day. I was joking with somebody else. Well, not joking. It was serious, but kind of making fun of myself that I literally keep three books going at a time. I have one for the Kindle, one for the bedside and an audio book for the car. So I always have a book going like almost constantly. <laughs> Me too. I have, I have the audio book going in the car. I have books in various rooms in the house on coffee tables uh, and they're all going at various times. That reminds me, I want to ask you one last question. So uh, I'll preface it with, um, you know, I always ask, what's one bit of advice that you would give to an aspiring author? And I usually tell them, my my response to that is usually, I tell them to read, read often, Mm. read a variety of things. Um, So hopefully I didn't steal what you would (laughs) would tell them, but what's a bit of advice you could give to an aspiring author? 
With me, there's sort of a one and a one A, and and one A is exactly what you just said: is read a lot, uh, especially with children's books. You know, I tell people sometimes that I teach children's literature, a college class in children's literature, and I write books for kids. And someone will say, "Oh, I'm going to write a book for kids." And I said, "Oh, really? What kind of books for kids do you like to read?" And they say, "No, I said I want to write one. I never read them." And you know, that kind of ends the conversation. But uh, along with that, I always tell them, don't be afraid to write badly. Uh, uh, Anne Lamott, the great writer Anne Lamott says, you want to have, and excuse my language, you want to have shitty first drafts. Because if you have really terrible first drafts, at least you have something to go back and work on. And if you sit there and think you have to make it perfect right from the beginning, you're, you're never going to get something down on paper to work with. So, don't be afraid to write terrible drafts of things. I, I have a lot of terrible drafts that I've abandoned and then come back to later. I have a lot that I've tried to rework and turn into something good. Uh, I have a few on my computer right now that hopefully I'll get back to sometimes, but you have to get them out there. Yeah. You know what? That is really, really important, useful advice because I have spoken to so many aspiring authors and they have said, uh, I was working on something, but it was garbage. So I just gave up on it. And, you know, that's great advice. Don't be afraid to to have shitty writing. That's okay to have. Yeah. To, everybody starts off that way. And, you know, it's you're probably only in trouble if your first draft and you look at it and think, this is the best thing that's ever been written. You probably yes. have a really big problem, <laughs> right? So, yes. yeah. Stay humble, people. Stay humble. True. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will take you down a notch for sure, but oh, yeah. uh, that's fantastic advice. Thank you for sharing that. That's really, I think that is very helpful to people. Um, John, I can't thank you enough again for coming on the show. It was a joy having you. I hope that uh, for your next release, you'll consider coming back again and telling us about it. I'll be very happy to. Thank you for having me on. This was fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you. All right, guys, this has been the Writer's Tribe Talk Show. This was our guest, John Shire. He's the author of Stumbling into Adulthood. You must go check it out. I am going to check it out and uh, I know I'm going to love it and you will too. So take care. See you guys next time.